And now, live from Dining Room Studios in Hollywood, California, it's the Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes her guests. She's a comedian who's still glowing after finally bringing home her sweet bundle of joy, a case of Diet Coke. It's Jenna Kim Jones. He's a brand new father, which means he'll soon be trolling Allison on Twitter. It's Alan Moss. And he's a producer who just got back from a Thanksgiving in Muncie, Indiana, where he got really zonked out on tryptophan. Also, he got really zonked out on Dos Equis. Actually, let's be honest, it was mostly Dos Equis. It's Greg Heller. Chef Jeff is here to candy some snap yams. I'm her husband, Daniel, and they say till death do us part, so there's something to look forward to. Saying hop on board the love bus and say hello to your new best friend, Allison Rosen. Hello, my little Thanksgiving leftovers. It's me, Allison. Welcome to another exciting and very special episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. We are all here, including the very brand new Samantha Moss, who is sleeping a couple feet away from um, the recording console slash dining room table. I should have added her to the intro. <laughs> I know. I, as, I, I, I just realized that. Oh, well. Allow me to say hello to my guests. Hello, Greg Heller. Hi, Allison. Hello, Jenna. Hey. Hi, Alan. Hello. Hello, Daniel. Hi. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Allison. Uh, isn't the baby cute? But uh, have you heard this thing about where parents eat the placenta like a year later? Gross. No, seriously. I would dump them in a cup and then pour some almond milk and drown <laughs> it in trivia. That's more like it. <laughs> and you, you can't believe it's not butter. Yeah, I would do that too. Um, so this is our first show back after Thanksgiving and after taking, I guess, a week off. Although it feels yeah. like it feels like forever. Um, having everyone here and having Samantha here, my heart feels so full right now. I might cry. I know Greg's probably going to cry. When he held the baby, I thought he was going to cry. So and there's a thing that Daniel does whenever I hold a baby, which he did. when We went and we visited Jenna and Al um, on Samantha's first day. Yeah. yeah, you actually brought me my first Diet Coke post birth mm-hmm. so it was, it was pretty special yeah. yeah true friends we know where the priorities are <laughs> so uh we visited them very early in her uh time on this planet mm-hmm. and as i went to hold her daniel went say hi to your crazy what did you say say hi to your crazy aunt allison yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is also what he said when i held my your, nephew mm-hmm. And Every time you hold him. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like your voice is a tiny bit different when you do it, though. Yeah, I don't know. But initially, I hated it. Fuck. And I was like, I really don't want this to catch. But it's turned into a thing where I think it's really funny now, and I'll just be sitting there, and I'll think about it, and I'll laugh. Mm-hmm. And the reason I brought it up, though, is in terms of like how happy I feel having Samantha in the house and having everyone here. Maybe I should just embrace being crazy Aunt Allison. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> I think I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So, so much to get to, but I think first, uh, let's talk about Jenna having this baby. Oh, you guys, <laughs> I did it. Thank yes, you. you 28 hours yeah. of insanity. 
and a lot of texting Allison along the way until it got too crazy and then I had to, I couldn't even look at my phone without being a crazy person and at that point I suspect well Al took over for a little while oh okay yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's Al yeah. <laughs> he, he let me know a lot about the catheter oh yeah the balloon all sorts yeah. of stuff yeah and then when I didn't hear anything I was like okay probably they're deep in labor but I was like, oh shit! I hope I hope everything's going well though. But then I was super happy to when oh, I got yeah. the picture of her, and yeah. everything was going well. It was crazy. There were a few hours there where we were like in the trenches. It was war, and <laughs> I never thought I was like in danger. But I just thought like, what is happening? This is never ending, and I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> it's a long time to be in labor. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was crazy. It's kind of like boot camp. They say like when you're in boot camp, you lose all track of time and space, and you don't even know like how you got there. And that's I, that's that kind of how it felt. Like yeah. you're just in a dark room, and no one's checking on you. Can you just take <laughs> us a little bit from the beginning? Sure. So uh, we got there on Thursday night. No, before that. Like, when Wait. did you go, Al, I'm having the, my water broke, I'm having oh, the baby? we didn't, ever. So we went in Wednesday morning to get an induction, and they turned us away and said, we're really busy, you're not really very far along, so come back tomorrow you're night. Not far along. Denied! Denied. It was <laughs> yeah. so brutal. It was like... Did that upset you, or were you relieved at all? Or? I cried a little bit, I think, okay. on the way home. No dice. That is correct. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough I, day. It and was just yeah. Did Alf, Al? Did you fight them verbally? No, well, because the problem is like, what's your fight? Like, hey, my wife's not labor, but you have eight other people who are. Put my wife in front of them. Yeah, right. we were right. on the list. Yeah, yeah. pull out your Kaiser card and say, "Excuse me, yeah. but I'm in IT." I, you know, again, you're just going. If you ever want to get an email ever again, you're yeah. going to move her to the front of the line. That, I can read yeah. your emails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just try not, you try to mitigate the risk as well. You're not trying to take someone else's bed. And, right. Uh, so, and they were nice enough about it, but it was a little brutal. Mm-hmm. It was a little heartbreaking because then it was like, well, what are we supposed to do for 24 more hours? Because we went in at like Your 8 a.m. Your four outfits were packed. Everything was packed. Yeah, exactly. We were ready. It was like, we went in at 8 a.m. And then they said, come back tomorrow at 7 p.m. Yeah, it's a long time. So it was like, oh. what are we yeah. supposed to do? I've already like in my head, I had the last sleep in my bed before the baby comes. Like yeah. I had everything done. We like took a picture at home, like yeah. last day pregnant. And then we get there and it was just, it was a little heartbreaking. And they've switched you from a day shoot to an overnight shoot yeah yes. exactly thank yes. you <laughs> so then the next day um i did feel some contractions in the morning um so when i got to the hospital that night i had dilated a little bit mm-hmm. and um my cervix was ripe so mm. yes you're welcome <laughs> and now, did they just squish it or smell it <laughs> What's the How best way to tell? tell? Yeah. yeah. It's a winter fruit. <laughs> do they have to use the word ripe? You it's know? so horrible, right? Say I know. Ready or, you know, uh, you know, along or something, but it's not ripe. <laughs> they say ripe and soft. It's horrible. Ugh. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. So, the they decided to do this different kind of procedure. They did a balloon that they put inside of me to help open my cervix. Did it say is, happy birthday on it? <laughs> it was yeah. It was uh yeah. It was weird and painful. Now, and just how big would you think the balloon would be, you guys? I when you hear balloon in her cervix, what do like you think? Like softball size. Like a, one of the hot dog balloons that you see at the fair that they oh, tie wow. up into knots. Like oh, a, okay. Like, a, like, like the a long skinny. skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of those balloons outside the car dealership that flaps. Not around, the dude no, with the arms. <laughs> hot air sized? 
<laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Jeff balloon size assessment. Oh, I pictured uh, like a birthday balloon, like the semi-circular, probably about. I thought okay, like yeah. a quarter. Or Me too. Something like that. I was thinking like, oh, like a, I don't even know what. Something tiny. Kind of balloon that would go inside a tiny thing to make it just a little bigger. Like a water balloon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pistachio balloon. This <laughs> This was not a small balloon. It was what? What four did we say? Four centimeters. It's four centimeters wide. It's like, it was uh, like this big. So like a hot dog balloon. But it was a It's like the size of a, like oh. a lemon. Oh. oh. Yeah. It's a water balloon. Yeah. Lemon. So they did that and then they, so they put it in me and they said, well, it can be in you from anywhere from three to 12 hours. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, great. So and it, it hurt, right? Oh, so bad. Yes, it was brutal. And so then they did that. And at hour six, I was like, I have to go to the bathroom, went to the bathroom and it fell out, which was what they wanted it to do, mm-hmm. which was again, horrifying because I didn't know how big it was. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so then after that, they labor kind of started and they put me on a little bit of Pitocin to kickstart contractions. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the, the anesthesiologist came in and said, like, we recommend you get your epidural now. And so um, I was really nervous. The whole process, the whole time I kept thinking, like, OK, the balloon's done. Now I have to do the epidural. What's after the epidural? So I'm like trying to make a checklist in my mm-hmm. head of like what you needed pain a white is board. coming next. I did. I really did. <laughs> and so then they gave me the epidural, which was actually the most pleasant part of the entire experience. She did it so fast. I barely felt anything. Um, and she was really nice and great about it. She was a legit anesthesiologist. They kicked Alan out of the room What for were the that. rest of the doctors? <laughs> there, there are some... Yeah, there's varying skill levels in physicians. Okay. But, tell, us, tell us the reason why they, they have him walk out of the room. Uh, well, uh, one guy passed out watching his wife get an epidural and he hit his head and passed away. Oh, Can yeah. you imagine? And so they yeah. basically said, you're going to sit in that special chair over there way in the <laughs> corner or you can leave. And I was like, let's just make it easy on everyone. I'll leave. <laughs> yeah. And Whoa. yeah. So Al took off for that, which was fine. But that just takes a, a minute, right? It takes it about takes 15, about 15 minutes. minutes. Does yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Well, just because they have to get you in the right position and you have to like bend over and then they have to numb your... They numb where they put the needle this in. Needle. It's mm-hmm. gross. I would hope so. It's yeah. like this big, what goes in your back. This That's conversation is kind of long, yeah. 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 I know it's your baby and I respect both of you, but literally there have been between five and 10,000, that's what she said, opportunities in this conversation. <laughs> yes. just, just so you know, just yes. like in, in my head, I'm just being like, that, don't say it. We that's respect what your said. struggle, don't say, it. don't say it. Um, thank you, Jeff. Uh, how is it at this point, Jenna, like, do you just go, there's no such thing as modesty anymore? Like, forget oh, it. Oh my gosh. Yes, we've been talking about it and laughing about it for a week and a half now. Everyone in that hospital saw me naked that day. Right. And so they didn't just see you naked. And like super naked. Like completely nude. They just nude. come in and pull your clothes They just off. come in. <laughs> One nurse just asked me point blank. She's like, I need to see your nipples. Let me see your nipples. No, no. It was worse. She said, oh, you know what? Show me your nipples. That's what it was. And I went, in what profession is this legal and allowed? You can't, you can't say that. For, hey, show me your nipples. Like, it's not allowed. This nurse was so nice, though. She was my favorite nurse. And she... she emailed me the next day on Facebook or sent me a message on Facebook the next day on my like fan page and was like hope everything went well because they she Aww, left before the baby nice was born it, it was right yeah. it was like what was she checking your nipples for uh, to see <laughs> if they were ready to 
for breastfeeding, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. They're trying to see if they're inverted or oh, if they're gotcha. ready to. Or if like they if, look weird. If they're going to have any issues breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. like, you're good. And I'm like, <laughs> just get out of here. All right. Okay. We don't need you in here looking at No, things. there were so many moments of, of indecency almost. Like, right. I mean, it's like as soon as they pulled the, they gave me a catheter for the epidural because they won't do a walking epidural is what they call it mm. when you can actually get up. But I couldn't have gotten up anyway. Um, so they, when they took the catheter out, they basically like stood and watched me go to the bathroom <laughs> and like, and she's like crouched down there just watching stuff come out. And you're just like, no guy could ever do that because you'd be like, I can't, I got a shy bladder. I can't do it. You can't look away. It was look away. Really, yeah. Like so, people just stood there and watched you pee. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had to make sure that I could still pee in it. But they were like, it was very invasive. She was very close feel, and very, it was a lot. It was I've a never lot. Seen Couldn't like they it. just take your word for it or do it by sound? No, you, you have, have no feeling. No. Yeah. You, you can't have feeling. Yeah. And what they're doing is they have to check what's coming in and what's going out. It's really important. What could possibly um, be coming in when you pee? They put in, they put in like the fluid uh, tons in, right? of fluid, yeah. like 6,000 milliliters of fluid. <laughs> I was more constantly. swollen after giving birth than I was before wow. because yeah. they put so much fluid in me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And in case you're wondering what Alan saw, what Alan saw, that sounds like a French mm-hmm. film. <laughs> what Alan saw. <laughs> Tonight, the bicycle thief, followed by what, what Alan, Alan saw. saw. <laughs> Whilst Jenna was giving birth, he saw everything. He watched, saw it all. He watched all of it. South of the curtain. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There was no curtain. No curtain. There was no curtain, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> there was. It was like, all right, you are definitely ready to push. I laid on my back, held my legs back on my own, lifted my head up and pushed. And it was just like me in a ball pushing on this bed. And it was the most uncomfortable stressful i was so sore the next day from that and there was just yeah did you like in the movies did you yell push come on push. yeah oh yeah he yeah, was like cheering me on Jenna, did this make you feel differently about your own body i mean did you feel di- I, I'm, I'm trying to imagine like you walk around and you feel like um this dignified put together person and then there's you're just a vehicle for human like I feel like in a hospital, you tend to get treated not quite human anymore. Like you're just a machine or car that's up on, you know, blocks or something. There was a little bit of that. Um, But everyone there was in, at least when, at first when they, when they, when I was finally dilated to 10 and I was allowed to push, there were about two hours where I was 99% sure I was out of 10 and I wasn't allowed to push because there they didn't tell me it was time. Mm-hmm. And so I had been in a lot of pain for like two hours, just doing everything in my power to not push the baby out on my own without Ugh. someone there. And it was horrible. That was the worst part of it. Um, and so then uh, when when a nurse came in, doctor came in, they checked me. The nurse was the only one who stayed at first. And it was just Alan, a nurse, and myself pushing I mean, I was doing Probably all the you pushing. Were doing most of it, yeah. But the two was, of them were really just hard for me. the really two hard. of them were there. Just, the, just it was like this weird little trio. Yeah, it was of, like intimate to a whole new level. It was, it was so weird. And then finally, after a couple pushes, she said, "Okay, you're ready. We can see the head." And then um, the head nurse and a three or three or four doctors. Three you doctors. Had, you had three OBGYNs. One was like the head, and then you had. 
two nurses plus like the head nurse who is basically a NICU nurse. Mm-hmm. And then that like, just dude. that dude Frank. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then there's always like some guy who just like waltzes in. It says like student doctor. Oh, I'm, like, that's true. There's a slideshow you can see somewhere else. You don't need to be. He in was here. annoying. Yeah. So. They they all rushed in and then it was like this whole circus of like, okay, you can do it on, you know, we can see the contraction coming. Let's yeah. do this. And I can feel it coming. I know the contraction's ready to go. I was good about not telling you like, hey, here comes one. Because it was like, I know. Yeah. It's like your body, <laughs> your body is telling you big time. Even with an epidural, you, there's so much pressure to get that kid out. Your body just like was trying so hard to get it out get it out it's such a weird feeling so anyway uh i did all the pushing in like 45 minutes which at first the nurse was (laughs) the first nurse said like yeah i can take anywhere from like an hour to like six hours sometimes women push for hours and i'm like if i'm if i have to push for hours i'm gonna i'm gonna kill myself so (laughs) i i was like very determined to get this pushing going yeah so we did it in like 45 minutes but the whole time al was great but i there was one point where they're like, do you want to, we have a mirror. Do you want to see the head coming out? And I was like, no. I said, if you put the mirror out, pushing will stop. Yeah. <laughs> so just keep the mirror in the closet. But you saw it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's like, I can see the head. You want to come around and see the head? And I walked around just to see the head. Were you yeah. taking pictures? I did not take pictures of that area. That doesn't seem like no. really a yeah, that, photo op I did right have I moment. did have my video camera on so that so we, we have could, the audio. We could listen like for like maybe 45 minutes of the end and get mm-hmm. like the first cry. And, oh, that's cool. And it's actually pretty powerful. That's cool. Um, and I don't know how people couldn't look because it was so amazing. Yeah, when we asked you, you, were, you just kept saying it was a miracle. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, I was like, everyone go home and thank their mothers. Just go thank your mom for all that she did because it was taking incredible. A, taking a picture of a child being born is sort of like at Disneyland, the Splash Mountain, when you come down the thing and they have the <laughs> It's like the first version of that, you know? Like you come out and so it's like, scary. And it has that, like, you have that look like, Ugh, and then you're about to cry. <laughs> you know what a great way to thank your mother would be? Hmm. Um, with a beautifully framed picture of your baby, perhaps, or just a beautifully framed picture of anything. Uh, I'm talking about my friends over at Framebridge who are this awesome, awesome custom framing company. You do the whole thing online. If everyone just directs your gaze listeners included director gaze in the corner there you will see my show logo in different fancy colors framed i (laughs) uploaded the photo Mm -hmm. um and then had them do everything looks great that's frame bridge they sent that to me and i am in love with it the thing i think i've mentioned this before the thing about custom framing is that it is insane like if you go to just a regular frame store it is insanely expensive i mentioned before this super awesome collage that megan made me i got it custom framed and it was 500 dollars. and i thought this is ridiculously expensive um but you know it's worth it but i wish framebridge had been around at that point because it would have been much more affordable and they would have done an amazing job so you can either upload um whatever you want them to frame or let's say it's a piece of artwork and you can't upload it they will you know you let them know and they'll send you everything you need to ship it to them 
uh, safely. So it is awesome. Prices start at just $39 and are up to 70% less than traditional framing stores. You go to FrameBridge, choose your frame from their curated collection, upload your art and preview it before you buy. Or if you can't upload your art, no worries, you can mail it in for free. Your framed piece arrives at your home ready to hang. Um, And there's lots of options from clean and classic to more eclectic styles. Or you can have one of FrameBridge's designers make a recommendation. It's a great holiday gift for a friend or family member or for yourself. So to get started framing your art or picture for yourself or as a gift, go to framebridge.com, find your favorite frame from their curated collection, upload your art or mail it in for free, preview your art in your custom frame, enter my code bestfriend at checkout to get 15% off and free shipping. Again, my code bestfriend at checkout to get 15% off and free shipping. Uh, It's a great deal. It's only available this week. Receive your beautiful custom-framed art that is ready to hang. Don't wait. This offer expires this week. So go to framebridge.com, use my code BESTFRIEND, and save. All right. I believe we have a little ditty by none other than Mm. Trapdog to celebrate this momentous occasion. Hey there, hashtag baby. It's time. No more maybe. Every other That was so cute. Wow. You are a spoiled baby. She's so spoiled. <laughs> she already has a song. Every, I know. She's got a ton of online fans. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. That was amazing, Trap Dog. Yes. Amazing. And so how has the adjustment to now having her at home going? Uh, it's funny because it's really rocked our world and we're really tired. But even though there are nights when it's like so frustrating because we really don't know what we're doing and breastfeeding's tough and there's still these moments of like, oh my gosh, she's so cute though. Like we can't, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's even though... She is an incredibly adorable. cute baby. Oh, she's thank so you. cute. Yeah. She's so cute. <laughs> thank you. We are very pleased. She's like she's the Wendy great. of humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So cute. Yeah, your baby is like a dog. I think she is my snuggleberries. <laughs> yeah, is that, yeah. Have you had that sort of existential horror of looking at her and being like, "Oh my god, we have to take care of this forever." Yes, daily. <laughs> I think Al's having that more than I am, but yeah, there are moments of like, "Whoa, this is really different than our." normal life What's the or fear, what Alan? life was oh uh, you know there's just a lot of like reviewing insurance policies <laughs> adding her as a dependent for health care like you start to realize like now it's not just like if i lost my job or weren't wasn't around jenna would just like you know take care of herself now it's like no there's a lot of responsibility so some of that is sort of uh uh anxiety inducing but uh, yeah you gotta feed her like every day right <laughs> yeah practically yeah. every day and Almost. the feeding thing is tough breastfeeding is hard and i feel a lot of like pressure from the breastfeeding advocates of the world because the, our They're hospital allowed. is great yes and our hospital is really great and our insurance is amazing and we love everything about it. But they're just so into breastfeeding that they're kind of like, they make you feel guilty about every little thing. Like, like for example, we went in and they say you should feed your baby and all the material they gave us eight to 12 times a day. Mm-hmm. And so we've been doing that probably about 12 times a day. 
And we went in and we were so proud of ourselves because they made us for her first checkup after this week. We filled out this piece of paper that said all the things that we've been doing and we've been breastfeeding and blah, blah, blah. And we put like 12 times a day. Aren't we awesome? (laughs) So we go in and the lactation specialist who meets with us to make sure everything is going well was like, so how often are you feeding her? And we're all proud. 12 times a day. Well, really, it should be 16. And we're like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I was so mad. It was the first time I'm like, I'm going to kill you because like, what do you mean 16? It says nowhere that it should be 16 well, maybe times it should a day. Be when she is hungry. Right. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, yeah, there's just a lot of things. And so there's been for that's been hard for me since she's been born. The pressure of like, are am I doing enough? Am I being awesome and the best at this mothering thing? And so that's been a little tough, but mostly it's been great. Even I, though it's hard. Living in Venice, I do not have a kid myself, but all my friends do. And just the the sort of um, self-righteousness around whatever like ideology or whatever mothering you choose to do is so radical, even from an outsider's perspective. I don't envy anybody that has to yeah. run the gauntlet of being at a dinner party and being like, well, we gave our kid a raisin or whatever. And yeah. What kind of plastic like, is that that you're using for the food yeah. and mm-hmm. everything? It's just too much. I mean, I think about, like, my own family. Obviously, you don't want to do any of this, but, like, my grandmother smoked, like, three packs a day when she had all of her kids. At, like, 47, right? Yeah, she was just just smoking, chain-smoking, and she had a baby when she was in her late 40s. And the kids are all fine, which is not to say that anyone should do that. But You're I, advocating smoking while... I am, and I know, Jenna, I know you gave up smoking right before the baby was born. <laughs> but I, I just feel like kids, there's something resilient about babies. And yes. kind of like... People get weirdly they, evangelical about whatever the new thought is about child rearing. Yes. Yeah. Even with dogs, we experience... It's just, I don't know what it is, why you can't just believe it and be into it, but why you have to be so dogmatic about it. Yeah. I have a question, because um, Daniel said something which Greg was about to say what would happen if you gave your kid a raisin. And I just wanted to know, is there like a canned, a canned raisin <laughs> argument? No, no, I know. I just, I just was using the word raisin. I just, okay. I was like, I, where's that going? <laughs> but like, I've sat around with friends in Venice and had to be like, well, you know, Steve and Edie, they let their kid eat chicken. And so, you know, that kid's fucked. And it's like, <laughs> and it's, well, just, it's just so weird. It's just, just like, <laughs> And I, I've had like a real hard and fast policy of never telling anybody ever anything about the way that I think they raise their kids because mm-hmm. it's just not, it's just not your business. Not even your sister. No, no, none of my sisters and three of my four sisters. I mean, your have younger kids. Sister, no, no, yeah. no, never. I mean, That's really good. I, I will say things to them like. Don't let your kid listen to that shit reggae or whatever. Like that's what I'll say. I'll, I'll say stuff like that, and I say stuff like that to my sister all the time because her husband is really into beach reggae. So we'll have those conversations. But I would never say like, "Don't feed your kid." No, it's it's, it's their kid. Mm. I mean, I, if I saw her feeding it like motor oil or whatever, I would jump in. <laughs> I actually for the got. Most part. I actually got shamed for the food that I've been feeding Wendy lately because yeah. I've been taking her really? to dog classes. Mm. Yeah, and um, excuse me. 
I'm taking her to dog class. To pre- obedience pre- and agility <laughs> <laughs> classes. Yeah. yeah. Mandarin. Yeah. She's not picking it up. She's it's actually <laughs> it's, an in- <laughs> it's an intimacy retreat. I've gone right. on with her. We're getting we're bonding. Um but anyway, they were complimenting her coat and then wanted to know what I feed her, and I told them, and they're like they shuddered and they're like, Ooh, there's a lot of byproducts in that and then tried to explain why I should try these other things and I don't know. I would dump them in a cup and then pour some almond milk and drown it in trivia. <laughs> She's doing fine. She doesn't have diarrhea. She seems healthy. Well, what else is there? Yeah. Uh, the dog that eats his own poop, we're going to worry about the right byproducts. <laughs> I look at my cat sometimes, and I think we probably feed him okay, but I just imagine somebody coming up to me and being like, you're only going to be alive for 12 years. Right. And dogs should be able to You smoke. have to eat crappy food. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> seriously, at 12 years, like, just let him eat whatever. Yeah. Their yeah. lives are short. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I have a whole bunch of things to talk about, all of which are going to feel um, small in comparison with the length of a dog's life. No, mm-hmm. with um, talking about giving birth. And yet I must forge ahead. So here it is. <laughs> I have a question for all the listeners, which is people who deal with insomnia, have you found any tricks? Because I have been experimenting with sleeping pills lately, which given that I'm basically (laughs) a drug addict who no longer does drugs is like a terrible idea. Um, Not the best solution. I'm done with it because they don't work. I've tried Xanax. I've tried Klonopin. You're like a, and I'm sorry for this analogy, but you're like... A, an African uh, elephant that you have to tranquilize with a gun. <laughs> like, you need so many of these things to bring down. Clonopin doesn't put you to bed? <laughs> <sighs> the weight implications. No, of I that. know, but you're no, not like weird. that physically. Here's, no, it's true, though. It's, it, what I'm saying is you require the same I, amount of tranquilizer. Drugs act in a weird way in me, in that a tiny bit of alcohol gets me drunk, but in terms of other drugs, usually it takes more. In terms of like pills and things like that, it takes more for me to feel the effect than for someone else, I think. But then, like the HCG trigger shot with the IVF, I respond right. faster to that. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm weird. The the pills weren't working, but I did hire Sergey, this uh, African explorer with a tranquilizer gun, to come in every night. <laughs> so I have been darting. Dart you. <laughs> um, here, what happens is I'll take the pill. And then I will wake up a thousand times between when I took it and 4 a.m. And then I'll be, and here's that word, zonked (laughs) the next day. When I did the Xanax, um, I slept until, so what happened is I felt really, really sick after Thanksgiving. And I don't know if it was my delicious looking low carb maple pecan pie i don't know if it's just that i ate much more than i have been eating i don't know what it was but i i think it could be the endometriosis and it could be the hormones and who knows what it is um but i felt really sick and oh (laughs) there's a little baby (laughs) who does not enjoy my story (laughs) so anyway at that point i wasn't I, it was like out of desperation that I took a Xanax and then I took, cause I was just trying to sleep and then I took another one and I ended up sleeping till 2 PM the next, no 1 PM the next day. So it definitely worked, but I was like, I, no one should have to take two Xanax. And plus I took it at four in the morning. So then, but then I was like, but I love the idea of just actually being able to sleep like a human being. So then I took a Klonopin that did nothing, but I felt groggy the next day. 
And then I tried one and a half Xanax last night, woke up a thousand times in the night, but it felt felt really tired and drank four cups of coffee today and still feel out of it. So I just feel like this is not working for me. However, Josh Wolf on the show said that he smokes a tiny bit of pot every night and that puts him to sleep. And I'm wondering, does that work? Maybe the answer is not drugs, but I just wonder, people out there, what is your trick for getting to sleep? Medazolam? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wish. It is my favorite. Um, Allison, I see you're looking at me. Uh, <laughs> I, I am a lifelong, really severe insomniac, mm-hmm. really hardcore insomniac. Um, and I don't have a silver bullet, and drugs are not the answer. They work, but they don't fix anything. Right. Um, how is your sleep hygiene? Do you have a television in your bed room? Yes, but we never watch it. Even um, still, do you do anything in your bed besides sleep and make love? <laughs> I'm just going the through the checklist. What? The, the phone. Um, <laughs> I check Twitter all the time. Those are the only two things you're supposed to do in your bed? Check Twitter and sleep. No. Because I don't sleep. <laughs> um, I just check Twitter as a person and make that, love. I've had insomnia problems and I feel I've conquered them. Really? Yes. How? It's through sleep hygiene. Wake up and go to bed largely at the same time every night that mm-hmm. you do. Um, and you got to get off your phone. I mean, that's a huge part of it. It's not really anything that you're doing at night, but it's things that you're doing during the day that are that are fracturing the way that you think and the things that you're thinking about. Hmm. Yep. You got to quiet your mind during the day and that'll help you sleep. Interesting. Um, I, that I would sounds you, like a huge problem. I would give you this. This is my piece of advice to you. It, it, it won't solve anything. Um, but this has helped me a lot is to understand that you'll sleep when you need to sleep. Yeah. And to, to get rid of that anxiety of going like, well, if I fall asleep now, it's only four hours. If I fall asleep now, it's only three hours. If I fall asleep now, it's only two hours. I'll go, I go two days sometimes without going to bed. And then when I need to go to bed, I pass out. This is not good. It's like mania or whatever. But (laughs) the point is that you, you don't, (laughs) you don't die. You're just tired. And so that idea that like, if I don't get eight hours of sleep, I'm ruined, that, that itself will destroy you. The, yes, I agree. The difference is just on the nights that I do get a full night of sleep, I wake up and I'm like, I can conquer the world. I'm in such a good mood versus, and Jenna, I'm sorry, I know that you're probably not going to sleep for 18 years. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I am, this is real. <laughs> Tell me more. Continue. But <laughs> versus on nights where I toss and turn all night, I wake up. And I'm in a terrible mood and I feel like everything's wrong, but I don't instantly associate. In fact, I'm dropping a thousand names I know. It was Paul F. Tompkins who said, like, the older he gets, the more he realizes the correlation between anxiety, depression, and how much sleep he's had. Yeah. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Not getting yeah. sleep yeah. will F you up all day. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know- Here's the thing that actually helped me a lot with sleep is podcasts. So there are certain podcasts that I that I started listening to when I go to bed and the key is that comedies don't work because you don't want to be laughing, but they're, they need to be engaging enough. Try this one. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Ramsey. Listen to Dave Ramsey. <laughs> they're engaging enough that you'll stop thinking about whatever silly thing is bouncing around inside your head, but they're not so engaging that you can't stop thinking about it. Here's them. the thing. I, and, sorry to interrupt, that's okay. there are actually podcasts that are dedicated to helping you fall asleep. Maybe I should listen to one of those. I don't have trouble falling asleep. I have trouble staying asleep. Hmm. Right. But that's that also comes in handy for that because when you wake up and you're oh. sitting there looking at the ceiling, you just start listening to another show. You know, um, 
Andy Samberg told me that after talking to Louis C.K., um, I just want to point out, I just totally noticed what you were saying, that we're talking about sleep deprivation right in the presence of a new mom. I know. And her head is just like, These fucking people we no. I'm going to sleep for two actually hours actually didn't last even think about it yeah. until okay. now. Yeah. Um, I, I actually don't necessarily agree with Jeff about this, even though I know he's right. But sleep, sleep deprivation has been a major hindrance in my life, mm-hmm. but it's also in some ways I get a lot of my best thinking done between two and five in the morning. And I sort of, I've come at this point in my life to just be like, you're awake, get comfortable and think, and then pass out when you need to pass out. Yes. And the, there are different sleep cycles that people have and they're completely natural. So actually the least natural is eight hours of sleep beginning to end. It's the least, it's a very new phenomenon and most people aren't set up for it. But there is, uh, there are like two, or, two or three sleep cycles that are very natural. So, uh, for me, it's like midnight to two and five to eight or whatever. That's mm-hmm. like yeah. natural for me. Yeah, and the problem really comes from when people have nine to five jobs, and it's like if you don't wake, you know, if you don't wake up right. rested at seven, you're screwed. But if you're self-employed or in entertainment, then you can have a more flexible schedule. And yeah, if if that's what your body wants, then just go for it. Right. Yeah, I've never worked on like a, any sort of an assembly line or anything like mm-hmm. that. Where probably this line of thinking does not apply just me or everyone i just pictured laverne and shirley when you said that assembly line oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so and then i had a thought today i was headed home and i was thinking about all these emails that i needed to send and then i was thinking oh i just don't want well like when i'm not home again i must point out how tiny my problems sound in the face of everything jenna and alan are going through <laughs> no, yeah so. you're right and yet <laughs> Oh, well. Well, they're not Syrian refugees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's fine. We're good. Okay. But do you guys have that instant perspective? Like, have you been, have you complained less since you've had the baby about, about menial things? I don't even, I, there are very few things I'm even thinking about right now besides taking care of her. It's like so many things have just, you've just forgotten about Dropped yeah. off for yeah. the meantime. But yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, I don't want it to be like that forever. I mean, I want to have some of my normalcy you'll, you'll back. You'll come back. You, you and it what, will Jenna? come back. She yeah. doesn't want that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it will. Just it's just, we're in week. I mean, we just started the second week of having her. Yeah. So, Gosh, anyway. She's so young. <laughs> so, like most people, when I'm away from my computer and unable to be productive, I have a thousand ideas of like, I'm going to do, when I get home, I'm going to do this, 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 this. And then I get home and I don't want to do them. And I was thinking, what is it that I am avoiding? Like, why am I avoiding writing, you know, writing emails or whatever? Because email is really like the least intense way to communicate. I guess probably tweeting someone is the least intense, but compared with phone or whatever. And then I thought, I'm just I'm just an introvert and I am not in the mood right now to connect with people. Um I got to change that. And then I thought I've been this way for so long on my deathbed am I going to be sitting there wishing that I had been a different person? Like when am I going to just ex- and this is a question for everyone who deals with this stuff which I think is probably everyone. Like I'm very much an adult at this point. When am I just going to accept mm. my basic nature, <laughs> my basic nature, as opposed to constantly debatable. thinking I should change it? And every time I have a birthday, I wake up and I'm like, I am too old to be this insecure, or I am too old to care this much about what people think. And it was that kind of moment of like, Jesus Christ, 
sorry for people who might be offended that I just said it in that manner, but it's like, when am I just going to accept this is who I am? I hope that when... That's the thing that's going to offend you, by the way. That's the one thing. Allison going, Jesus Christ. Like just all your listeners are like, Did you, she's so blasphemous. That Jesus Christ thing. Then just four hours of talking about shitting, but that, that part's all fine. Just like, sorry, so then what happened? That's it. Okay. That email thing I, is very true for me. Like the putting off work that's like, this is not a big deal. Right. But why can't I just make myself sit down and communicate? Yeah. And I don't want to. I'm the same exact way. What it's is so that? painful sometimes to have to do it. That's yeah. just adult procrastination. I okay. think, is I think it? everybody, yeah, absolutely. I have things at work where I'll have like 10 really easy things to do. And I'm like, tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> and then it's like 10 minutes of work. And I'm like, man, why didn't I do that yesterday? Yeah, so they're so easy. For yeah. me, email can be, I tend to not email people back that I, I should email because I feel like I want to put more thought into it and I don't have the energy to. Yeah. So I'll just say, I'll do that. I'll, you know, communicate when I have the time. And there, and there are people I really care about that I don't, I've basically neglected because I'm just like, I never have the energy to sit down and just put what I want, what I feel like I should put into the email. Mm-hmm. So then I don't email them. Mm-hmm. But as far as the deathbed thing goes, I, th- <laughs> I think that, um, you know, that's a good thing to think about. No, I think that um, <laughs> one thing that you might regret. Not you personally, but one might regret is not specifically emails, but not putting yourself out more into the world. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I think that that I look back on my life and I go, you know, if I had just done a little bit more, I might have been, you know, had more connections with other people and stuff like that. But when I'm moving through life in real time, the last thing I ever want to do is leave the apartment. Well, we had. <laughs> you know, it's just like I just want to stay in and, you know, do we nothing. had this lament slash debate this weekend which is i said if we aren't social the way i looked at it like if we aren't social this weekend then we won't even remember that this weekend happened if we do what we normally do which is just hang out at home it's like the days just pass so fast and there's nothing notable about them versus if we're social and we push ourselves to do something it'll feel like we actually did something i don't i'm not usually vexed with those kind of thoughts for some reason it was really hitting me and i think it's probably because i was looking at instagram and looking at everyone's fabulous thanksgiving (laughs) weekends with merry mint and multiple generations and look at everyone you know clinking cocktails and and being dressed up and having these kind of very hallmark experiences that we weren't having. Well, social media will do that too, yes. right? But um, I think that, um, I don't know, I'm torn about it too because it's like definitely feel like I want to go do those things and I'm always happy that I do. But at the same time, I've been working so hard that... It just feels like I don't think it's wrong for me to want to stay in and recharge. So it's it's a constant debate. I think, Allison, this would be really interesting for your listeners um, because I, as someone who's worked a lot with actors and comics and stuff, you are very much the like stereotypical comic or actress. Well, that makes me feel better. In it's the a sense, total that, stereotype. <laughs> no, but like in totally. the sense no, that it's good. It's like hey, a good kind of stereotype. If people who just, just listen, like everybody, people who just listen to this show would be shocked at what it's like to hang out with you socially. 
Oh, they would go on. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, th- I think they would assume that you're like a constantly like a very outgoing like social butterfly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like fun and funny, and, <laughs> you know, like fun to talk to and like stuff. Warm and yeah, like yeah. like easy, breezy, fun, and not at all, right, Greg? Like yeah. it's like, oh and my nice. god. But make it worse, Rob. Make it worse. <laughs> you are such an effing idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best drop ever! But like, I've but so many comics and actors that I've worked with, you work with them on set or wherever for a day, and you're like, I'm gonna go out and party with this person, mm-hmm. and then you go out with them that night, and they're like, and you're like, how many shots do you want to take? And they're like, I'm just gonna have some soda water, and then we're gonna get out of here in about 15. <laughs> and you're like, what are you talking about? Like, we just had the most fun day ever, and they're like, yeah, I'm just a little tired, and I want to go home and watch my shows, and and you don't understand why. But that's kind of who you are. That's mm-hmm. your thing. Right? <laughs> Soda water in my no, show. Well, no, 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 no. I know no. what you mean. You, you know what I'm Be, saying. Yeah, yeah. I know we were mean. joking today that our life really hasn't changed that much, except that we haven't gone to the grocery store together since we had the baby. Because <laughs> well, people are always like, your life's going to end. You're, you're not going to have any fun anymore. Fun. Like, Wait a minute. You can't sit on the couch and watch Netflix when you have a baby? Because you do that a lot. <laughs> the, the, your life is going to end. You're not gonna, and, you, and you say, but I don't have a life. <laughs> right. So nothing, nothing changes. changes. <laughs> right. We do laundry more. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. So um, I, I struggle with what you're talking about a fair amount. I don't personally, but my wife is very, she's not antisocial, but she wants to be at home. Mm-hmm. That's what she wants to do is hang out at home. And I don't really care if I go out with other people, but I want to go do shit. Like I want to like stand on a mountain and like run on the beach or whatever. Mm-hmm. Catch <laughs> yellows. Catch, snag a few yellows. Yeah, grab a few, <laughs> throw a few footballs over the rail. But uh, <laughs> I think the the ultimate piece there comes in understanding who you are and being cool with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really, that's yeah. the thing is just being like, I don't do this stuff. You know, there's a real piece in that process and an understanding that you're not missing. I mean, you're missing a million things, but you also have a million things of your own. Right. And when they talk about personality types and extrovert versus, versus introvert, like extroverts get recharged by being out and socializing and introverts get recharged by being alone. And one being one may make you feel like you should be the other, but it doesn't have to be one or the other. There's no one right way. Yeah, for sure. What's weird is, sorry, Jeff, I'm going to say this and then. I, I'm sorry. I, I think I cut you off. Um, what's weird is when I was young and I would take the the Meyer Briggs Kinsey sort. I forget which one it is. Like kids do, the, you know. <laughs> I was always ENFP, E for extrovert. But I think that's because I was answering in the way that I knew an extrovert would answer. Like that's how much I valued being an extrovert that I wanted to be one, and I was probably not being fully honest. Hmm. Jeff. Um. In the last couple of years, I've really turned a corner on that kind of thing where I don't feel shame for not wanting to be out and making the scene and hanging out. I will go and hang out and meet friends or whatever. And when I want to leave, I leave and I go home. And Mm -hmm. the difference is the the only thing that changes is your shame about it. Yeah. This this idea that you're missing out. The world's out there having Red Bull Extreme jumping off a roof. (laughs) Who cares if you don't want to do it? Don't do it. If you like, you know, running around and uh, sticking glow stick up your ass at a rave, then do it. But the, the idea that you're missing life That's what you're because you're not do because you're not some extreme uh, hedonist extrovert is it's baloney. Well, there's that that thing FOMO, fear of missing out. And I used to go out every all the time because yeah, I'd have too. friends. I'd have friends that were like, you know, we're gonna have the best but, time. We're gonna have the go best out. time. Go out. 
Yeah, and then we'd go out and be like, all right. And then the one night I'd say, you know, I'm staying in. They're like, oh, you missed the, oh, my God. That that night you stayed in, that was the party of the year. <laughs> and it was at a certain point, you're like, no, I'm. it's always the same. You're yeah. just saying that, so I'll go out. It's going to be the same time. And you know what's what. the worst? Do you remember... I, I did this a lot more when I was in college, but the guys, like, you would let them pressure you into yes. going out, and you'd go out looking for that good time, and just, it wasn't there. Right. There was nothing to do, and your four douches walking down the street going, was there a party? I hear music. Here in LA, too, it's like, there's this thing where you go to a party, and then it's like, oh, this is lame, there's another party, and you were there for 20 minutes, and then you go to the next party, and you're like, oh, this is lame, there's another party over here, and you're like... Every party is like this. Just <laughs> stick around and meet some people, and then it'll be a good party. Like, I don't know what you're expecting to happen here if there's going to be, like, some, you know, Navy SEALs skydiving into the backyard or something like that, like a flyover. But it's like, it's just people hanging out, right? That's just a. Uh. I think that. <laughs> and, and Daniel's done. And done. Yes. That is my goal to be able to feel a feeling like I don't want to go out and just accept it. Yeah. Acceptance, that's the that's the solution. Instead of what I do, which is I don't want to go out. Oh, but I should go out. But why don't I want to? But I should feel like it's like any any pure emotion I have. I then play ping pong with in my brain. Rosinating. Yeah, it's such a waste of energy. And the hose job of it is that you don't enjoy your time at home alone because you're sitting there torturing yourself right. about you should be out with a glow stick up your ass. Right. <laughs> Sorry. I need to swear in front of Jeff. But you know what? If you are going to go out and be social... You need an ugly Christmas sweater, mm-hmm. and you need one from Tipsy Elves. Tipsy Elves were uh, recently on Shark Tank. I don't. Did you? You guys are nodding. Did you yeah. see the yeah. episode? Like, we're yeah. like obsessed with Shark Tank, huge. and they're huge. That's right. Yeah. Look at the sweater that Check Daniel is wearing. It's got a chihuahua no on way. it. It says Felice Navidad. It was oh. actually Hilarious. my sweater, but I accidentally ordered it in a size too big and then i gave it to daniel and it's a little bit too small for him uh (laughs) i love it but i love but yeah perfect i think it works for you everyone needs an ugly christmas sweater this time of year if you want bragging rights for the most talked about sweater at your christmas parties listen up everyone is talking including jenna and al about tipsy elves and everyone wants their outrageous and it's comfy everyone wants their outrageous christmas sweaters um and by the way, trust me when I tell you that these Tipsy Elves Christmas sweaters are nothing like you've seen before. They are not for the faint of heart. Uh, yeah, if you go on their website, and you should, tons of stuff to choose from. Lots of like reindeer and compromised positions, elves doing all sorts of naughty things. This was one of the more innocent sweaters in that this is completely an innocent sweater. So <laughs> there's, they really, their, their ugly Christmas sweaters run the gamut. Uh, and by the way, when you're shopping for your ugly sweater, check out their other holiday and collegiate attire for yourself or as a gift like an adult onesie. Right now, my listeners get 20% off tipsyelves.com on anything they order on the site. Do this now so you have the best selection to choose from. And this is true because when I looked at the website uh, to choose my sweater... There were already some that were completely sold out. That's how fast they're going. Uh, so do this now so you have the best selection to choose from. Have it in time for your ugly Christmas sweater party. Go to tipsyelves.com. Enter my code best friend at checkout and get your 20% site-wide discount. That's tipsyelves, T-I-P-S-Y-E-L-V-E-S.com. And enter my code best friend. 
Okay. I think we should do iTunes comment of the week. But first, since I will be handing Al the iTunes comment, I have to say I saw Al that you tweeted about your special or uh, America's Test Kitchen special hard, oh. uh, scrambled eggs, yes. which is one tablespoon of water per egg. Correct. So I was um, scrambling some egg whites today. Huevos! So what I did was <laughs> I took a tablespoon of egg whites and then a tablespoon of water, tablespoon of egg white, tablespoon of water, tablespoon of egg white, tablespoon of water. And then I was like, oh, no, oh. <laughs> I've completely messed up the ratio <laughs> and I'm not going to drown it with more egg whites be- because one tablespoon of egg whites liquid is not the the same as one whole egg. I think three is probably or, or I don't know, actually. But anyway, so then I'm like, I wonder what will happen if I just try to scramble this. It took forever and it was the consistency of porridge. It was crazy. It was really weird. It didn't taste that bad, but it was like the weirdest. It was almost like oatmeal or something. Weird. It did not cook up in the way that I oh, wanted that it to. Weird. I forgot to do that. I want to oh, do Al's scrambled like, eggs thing. I forgot about that. Did it turn into They're grits? So good. Yeah. Slash weird. glue. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, doing a little uh, off-air business on air. It's on two pages, and there's a little arrow on the second page, which shows you where to read. Beautiful. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments, and don't forget to click five stars. Five stars for a fellow 1L Allison. By Allison with one L, 4409. <laughs> Allison, while I admit that I only started listening to the podcast because we spell our name in the same uncommon way, this podcast quickly became my favorite way to pass time on my commute. When I first hopped on the love bus, it was still a hitch to the pirate ship, and I loved the dynamic of the former Thursday gang. It was fun, young, and the perfect mix of goofy and semi serious. I was devastated to hear about your departure from the network, mainly because of my huge crush on GPS. But this show has only... (laughs) Took me a second, (laughs) Gary. Yeah. (laughs) I thought just like a GPS. But this show has only gotten better. You continue to deliver the same interesting Monday shows where you have an unmatched ability to get the full story from from your guest without seeming too intrusive and genuinely becoming their new best friend. And the Thursday gang? Who? Who could get better? I could listen to the new and improved gang talk for hours and never get tired. Daniel delivers wonderful introductions and really pulls the curtain back on what it's like to be married to Allison. (laughs) The Kim Joneses bring a wholesome balance to the gang and are a perfect couple. Greg Heller, stories of drugs, waves and budgets keep me laughing and questioning how he can still be alive. (laughs) Alas, a good question, actually. The avocado gods are on his side. And Jeff, I don't know how he does it, but his drops, the absolute best. (laughs) Seamless and perfectly timed. Ali Michelle, your podcast is amazing. I love you. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Excellent, Great excellent comment. reading, Al. And phew, that was my favorite. <laughs> if only there were like five million women who spell their name like yours. <laughs> Think about how rich you would be. 
Because they would all be right. They would in. all be listening to your podcast. She, that woman just said she's like, I know. I didn't know who you were or whatever, but yeah, I like the way you spell your name. But here's it's the a thing: good hook. if there were five million, then it wouldn't be unusual, and then oh, I would yeah. lose this oh, one. Oh yeah, maybe I don't know. It <laughs> depends. Um, Allison with one L, thank you so much for your super nice comment. If you guys would like to leave a nice comment. No matter what your name is or how you spell it, go to iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen and leave us a nice comment. And also, while you're doing stuff on your computer, might I add, it's holiday season. It's the time when people are doing a lot of holiday shopping. And uh, click through that Amazon banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com, if you want, because it helps out the show. Um, and and uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra. And thank you all so much in advance for all of your super awesome holiday Amazon support. Um, and since I'm uh, talking about things in this realm, I may as well also point out that uh, I had a conversation with a man named Cameron Hughes. And Cameron Hughes is what is called, and I think he might have made up this word, a wine negociant. And what that means, and I like to say the word negociant, what it means is he goes around to different high-end wineries and he buys up a bunch of wine that they have, and then he sells it direct to the consumer for 40 to 80% less than what you would originally pay. Um, But he'll buy a lot of it, and I don't mean a bunch, although there is a bunch, I mean like a lot, a specific amount of it, and once, once it's gone, it's gone. But it's all super duper good. Uh, And Cameron Hughes Wines has extended their incredible Cyber Monday offer just for my listeners. It's 30% off and free shipping on a case and free gift bags. It's an amazing offer. It's the best deal of the year and only available until Friday. But only if you use my code BESTFRIEND. It's a no-brainer to try these phenomenal wines that are already 40 to 80% less than you'd ordinarily pay. Plus, you get an additional 30% off and free shipping. And another fun fact from my conversation with Cameron Hughes is that he sometimes refers to himself in the third person. So I thought that I was talking to Cameron Hughes, but then he'd be like, the way Cameron Hughes does things is this, and Cameron Hughes does He's this. He's referring to his company. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'm not talking to the actual <laughs> Cameron Hughes, which would make sense because it's like, right. he's a big deal. He's busy negotiating, and he probably doesn't have time to get on the phone. But then he's like, why am I talking about myself in the third person? I'm like, oh, so I am talking to Cameron Hughes. <laughs> it really was a roller coaster ride. That he was, was he's very interesting. My favorite negotiant, like by a long shot. Is this true? Absolutely a fact. Yeah. So who's you're your familiar? Fuck yeah, I am Daniel. Who's your favorite negotiant? This guy. Yeah, for sure. Al, do you have one? Cameron Hughes. Uh, I'm between negotiants. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff, will you play that drop one more time of the make it worse, Rob, thing, please? Or we could wait till after I finish talking about Cameron Hughes. Let's do that. <laughs> so, for example, the average price of a Napa Valley Cabernet scoring over 90 points in Wine Spectator is $155 a bottle, but Cameron Hughes has three 90-plus Cabernets on the list averaging $30 a bottle. The only way to get my Cyber Week 30% off and free shipping deal is go to chwine.com. That's chwine.com. Click on the microphone in the upper left corner. Enter my special code BESTFRIEND. Again, enter my special code BESTFRIEND. Get any wine for 30% off and free shipping. That's chwine.com. Go to the microphone and enter best friend. Don't wait. This offer expires this Friday. This wine will sell out fast, especially with this incredible offer. Okay. Make it worse, Rob. Make it worse. You are such an effing idiot. 
How dare you? <laughs> People loved the reenactments. <laughs> and Make it worse, Rob. Make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> what was this thing that I, I saw too. on Twitter? Um, where people wanted you guys to do the Rob argument in the scandal voice. Oh, mm. that is. <laughs> <laughs> For a while, I was watching Scandal, and Al hates it. I hate it so it's much. He too. hates it. I hate it so much. And so he so does much. his uh, Olivia Pope impersonation on our podcast a lot. Well, I'll just come in. Usually, I just would mess with Jenna and be like, if you do not go with me right this instant, I will drop you and we will never speak. But if you will come with me, and I'm like, who talks to anybody this way? Ever. Olivia Pope. Yeah. yeah, that show is yeah. absurd. It is. Yeah. But you're you're not into it anymore? I stopped after about halfway through season two. I was kind of like, I'm kind of exhausted. If you are telling me, Rob, that you are... <laughs> like, just ridiculous. <laughs> Speaking of television, is anyone here besides Daniel watching The Leftovers? No. There's never been a show that I've enjoyed so little, yet still felt compelled to watch. I really, it's really an unenjoyable viewing experience that makes me want to throw something at the television or cry sometimes. Like, it's emotionally stirring, and I want to know what's going to happen, but I kind of just want to read what's going to happen because I feel like I'm ready to check out. Feel like I feel like it's almost deliberately pushing the audience in that you know they know what they're doing. They're deliberately frustrating like, let's you. Let's make a shitty show. No, <laughs> but it's not for everybody. It's, it's lo- it sounds like right. Lost 2.0. Like it's better than Lost. same guy. It's way right. better than Lost. Yeah. I'm I imagine so, but there's nothing that infuriates me more than the entire show lost. So I can only imagine how I would feel at watching the I'm not Leftovers. saying it's a great show. Yeah. I'm just saying it's a very I enjoy the things that are frustrating about it, I kind of enjoy. It's like I don't know. It, it, it's like uh, something that tastes bitter, but you enjoy that taste. You know, it's like nothing all, not everything has to go down easy like Homeland. Like sometimes it's I like the challenge. Of a show that that'll that'll just frustrate you, but I think it's but well I, executed. I think it's it's well written and well plotted and pretentious art chat for a moment. Yeah, I know that you enjoy like Terrence Malick and stuff that's abstruse like that. Yes. You're not putting this on the order no. of that. I did use a big word, abstruse. No, but I would I would say that, like and that we'll see. I mean, it still needs to play out. I'm not okay. like the verdict's out on the show to a certain degree, but I think you know like. Um, my favorite show of all time is Twin Peaks, and that yeah. was a very strange show that wasn't easy. You know, I, I don't know. I think it's fun. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's do just mirror everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? But first. I want to know how Muncie, Indiana was. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Tell us about Muncie. <laughs> Muncie. Well, so that's where I was for Thanksgiving. That's where my wife's family lives. They live in Muncie, Indiana, which is where Ball State is. They actually live across the road from Ball State in Muncie, Indiana. Is that why the, the Instagram thing was like big balls, like no, Ball no, State? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, just found, I just figured out this way on... Instagram I to, to draw to draw over your video and to make it animate on. You have to show me how to do it's that. It's so cool. Yeah, I'm <laughs> that really was the it. coolest thing. I was thinking about that. Like, I was, oh my god, I have to find out. It's kind of a pain, but I figured out a way to do it. Um, 
So I don't really have that much to tell you because we just kind of sit there. Um, we ate hummus and baba ganoush on Thanksgiving, traditional Thanksgiving meal. Um, was there a I, lot of cornholing happening in there? No, no, no. Listen, so these are <laughs> quiet Israeli people who have found themselves living in Muncie, Indiana. It's, it's a, they're very, I don't want to say out of place, but they're out of place. And uh, they, they're humble, quiet people who just mainly want to eat fruit. <laughs> and I, I would, and nobody drinks. No, no one in the family drinks alcohol. They're not not drinkers. They just don't drink. Sure. Did the dog just shit? She just sneezed. Four times. Oh, that's cool. It was very cute. She sneezed like four times. Yeah. Sorry. Um. So I didn't drink the whole time I was there. Oh my god. I went like three and a half days without anything to drink. I sat in the house and ate fruit. They mainly eat fruit um, and tomatoes. What kind of fruit? So I would say we went through like three mangoes between 10 to 12 pomegranates, probably a dozen oranges, a lot of prickly pears. We have to sing every time this happens now. Do we have to sing? All right. <clears throat> oh, apple, pineapple, oh, melon, watermelon. Oh, thanks. It had been a while. Um, Four avocados. <laughs> like the amount of fruit you ate last in, last like season. We had in the last three days. It's crazy how much fruit they eat. They must have real good bowel movements. They, I would say they're all hyper-regular. <laughs> um, a couple of things of note about their house. The toilets are really fucked up. Like how? Oh. Like, sometimes... Well, uh, not that amount of fruit. You would but think. like older houses, like... <laughs> Is there anything more stressful than not being at your house and the toilet doesn't flush fast enough? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the worst. So, just sitting there just sweating. And like, like, please, oh. please, like, please. And all their doors are like slightly ajar. So every time you had to pinch one, you'd just be sitting there and it was just like a drive-by deuce. And you just like get in there and as soon as you saw it in the toilet, you were like, please flush, please. You got to do the was, pre-flush no, with a, with a it was, foreign it going down toilet. So, it was going down so slowly. I can't tell you the amount of anxiety or how slowly it went down. Um, the fear I'm, is when it goes when it fills up a little yes. bit. Oh, and then goes down. That feeling, what, right oh. before it goes down, when it starts to is the worst. Oh, it's fear. the worst. Yeah. Um, uh, every time we go you there, can't flush again. No, you, you, oh no, no, no. Well, you, know, you like, want to? You want to? So you bad. can't flush again. You know what they say? What, right before you die, your whole life flashes. Like in that <laughs> split second, your mind goes like, I'm, I can get out the window. There's a bus stop down the line. I can go like. There's all sorts of things. I could kill myself. Yes. Um, you know when you go bowling and the ball's going down the alley and you kind of like do the body English? Yeah. Try, like you do that with your mind. This, they should call it toilet English. Where you're, <laughs> with your mind, you're trying to push the toilet water down. It's like when Kari Stremsky was trying to keep the Homer fair. Right. Anyone? Um, so we mainly hang out and just kind of sit there. Uh, her dad... Tells stories like this. He goes, okay, so uh, okay, so one time we were seeing uh, Tel Aviv, okay? So we are in Tel Aviv, and the man come up to me, and he's, you know, you like a pomegranate? Of course I do. So, we, <laughs> so then we, uh, you know, we eat it, and, uh, you know, it's uh, very good. So, uh, 
Um, we left with 15 <laughs> pomegranates. That's the story. That's the whole story. Um, <laughs> we flew from Los Angeles to Indiana, and there we were given 15 pomegranates from Chile. Wow. That we took home in a suitcase, which I, which is interesting, I guess. I basically brought home like eight pounds of pomegranates. <laughs> it's a special fruit, you know. It even has a little crown, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the king of pomegranates. <laughs> that's what that's what her mother told me one time. Her mother was like, you know, it's the best fruit, you know. It has a little crown, you know. So, that's the whole. That's it, really. I, there's nothing else happened. Well, did you tell them about Haas avocados? No, because. No, no, no. Oh. We didn't really talk about that much stuff. Four avocados. Her, her cousins came over on the last day, and she has fired up about politics. Cousins. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of laid back when that happened. There's a broken guitar there, and you can play four of the six strings. <laughs> so I was in another room most of the time, and that's the whole thing, really. I, was, uh-huh. I didn't. I think I will say that every time I come home, I feel like Ayala thinks that I've quit drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as we get on the plane on the way home because we flew out in the morning but as soon as we got on the plane on the way home I was like I'll have a double doers and a Budweiser and she was like you just went three days and I was like yeah I just went three days <laughs> <laughs> so it's good exercise I can do it you guys good for, for three you. days nice. Jenna Al how was the deep fried turkey delicious it was amazing mm-hmm. it really worked out yeah. there was uh, just a few moments when I thought I was going to kill myself uh, accidentally <laughs> how was extraction it was yeah, it it worked out. Everything was good. Yeah, I think the the flame kept going out, mm. and so that's always a fear when you hear propane just rushing out, not lit up. Oh yeah, that's uh mm-hmm. yeah. So I got it to one always. point where I just said like, if it doesn't stay lit, we're not eating turkey because I don't want <laughs> to die five days after my child came into the world. We did eat an avocado from our tree, and it and? was delicious. Was awesome. it good? It really was. Yeah. Four avocados. <laughs> Well, then you should bring some to Allison Rosen is your new best friend okay. the Thursday show. I thought about it today and I totally forgot. We will bring you some. Your Thanksgiving looked really cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It did because it was just you two. It That's was rad. very weird. Yeah. yeah I guess it was, it was just, you three. Yeah. She just, what she's doing right now is what she did at our Thanksgiving right. meal. Sleep in this cute little your chair. Your Thanksgiving looked cool. Yeah. It was just us and we just made the easy meal and I pulled out some cloth napkins because I was like, mm-hmm. we're going fancy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was great. Actually, it was really it was nice. Really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And Jeff, you had a good Thanksgiving? I did. I went to Thanksgiving with my buddy Dale and his, uh, his wacky family down in La Mirada. It was very fun. Nice. Mm. You were not going to ask me about my Thanksgiving? <laughs> and how was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a good Thanksgiving. We went down to Orange County. It was just us and my parents. And the night before was my dad's birthday, so we were there the night before, too. So mm-hmm. we got uh, a lot of Orange we County. We got a double dose. Is there, right. any, is there any boozing at the Rosen household? There is. Not by them. <laughs> <laughs> they drank wine. Yeah, we did have wine. Yeah. Did your folks ever drink? Like, would your pops... Like if oh, I, yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. He has a real old, old school <laughs> liquor cabinet, oh, too. Oh, very much so. With Johnny Gold Label, and he's got some good stuff oh, on there. Shit. Yeah. As they've gotten older, they drink a lot less, but they definitely, like my mom um, enjoyed creamed sherry. Is that a thing? Yeah. Creamed sherry? <laughs> yeah. Um, that was her, her <laughs> that nightly. That was a drink in the teens or whatever. <laughs> 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 um, and then, yeah, my dad, my dad enjoyed drinking as well. Good. 
Yeah. I can tell there's a bit more there, but we can move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Jonah W. says... My dad enjoyed drinking. By the way, I, I, it was a good Thanksgiving. I was just making a joke in case they're listening. Yes. Jonah W. says... <laughs> w. Sorry. Says, just me everyone. Oh, and these are special baby-related JMOs. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, Watching a baby being born is the most amazing and grossest thing to ever see. Ding. Yep. <laughs> yep. Beautifully horrific. Yep. <laughs> Kelsey Coppola says, I get deep satisfaction from picking my baby's boogers. Just me or everyone. <laughs> we ha- she's only had one booger so far. <laughs> oh. Al- and Al successfully retrieved it. It, so. was, it was rewarding. It was- <laughs> now, did you use that like that yes. suck- suction I, thing? I suctioned it first, but then it was just on the edge. Oh. And so I grabbed it with my pinky, and then there was so much more coming out. Oh, God. Oh, so but good. it was like, yeah, it was kind of like... Whoosh, and it's like the, we talked about that in, in on the show that it's like the rubber hand you throw yeah. at the wall, <laughs> right? And then you grab it back, and it's like oh, right? and then the end of the booger hits you like splashes on you. Yeah, yeah. and there's like a feeling of like I did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. <laughs> You're welcome, child. If you didn't have the thing, Al, the squeeze tube, would you put your mouth over the baby's oh nose God, and suck the booger out? Oh, no, <laughs> no. Is that what they would do? Yeah, that's very customary in the United States. It is? I have fucking no idea. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Suck the butters out. That's so Just horrible. Just everyone. Stomach churning. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Horrible. What if you accidentally suck the brain out? Uh, seems, it does seem unlikely, but I'm not a physician. If a baby can come out of a human body, a brain can come out of a nostril. Did no. you, Jeff, I feel like you're the kind of person who would know the answer to this. But that thing is true that if you punch someone in the right way, you can shove their nose bone into their brain, right? Oh. I heard recently that that is anatomically impossible. Oh, oh really? Yeah, there's a... Um, God built in a crumple zone in the, in the, <laughs> in the nose. So it just... It just you know, accordions. I was always afraid back in the day when I was beating up fools that I was going to take one down. <laughs> just me. What's the next one? Scott Grover <laughs> says, just me or everyone, think it's creepy when everyone wants to touch the baby. Mm, I feel like it's understandable. No, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Well, it depends on how they're going about it, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, you know, that's okay, but it's like, let me touch your baby. That's <laughs> yes. I asked, then we run, yeah. I asked my sister this once, and she told me that she was more afraid of people who don't ask to to hold the baby than people who do. Hmm. She was like, anytime there's people over at my house and they keep a distance from the baby that she feels like she's lost trust in them. I don't think that's fair. I think uh, there's a natural thought when you see a baby, like, if I trip... I could like I don't want the responsibility mm-hmm. of having to yeah. hold something so precious. Yeah. You know? I'll just look at the Ming vase on the shelf. <laughs> I don't need to hold it. It'll it'll be fine on its own. Right. Amy Whipple says, "I need to learn about the care of baby boy parts, but I'm pretty sure any Google search will get me on a watch list." Yeah, I don't know how you Google. Yeah, that. you can't. Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, like as far as like foreskin washing or whatever I, just the whole the whole kitten caboodle i think yeah. i feel like if there are there's got to be like mommy sites that'll dedicated teach you, to yeah, I, I, that'll teach you that <laughs> safe places to go yeah you don't want to google how to wash a baby's dong <laughs> yeah. oh, oh that was a drop shouldn't have said that one <laughs> that one's gonna get me on a watch list quinton says <laughs> another watch list <laughs> how is it that you've made it this far <laughs> 
with dong attack being your your handle and why why dong attack it's an attack of dongs <laughs> there's no answer to that question actually is when, it one dong I, or is it dongs i don't have there's Thank when you. we were coming up with our twitter handles i just thought of it oh, it doesn't mean anything it has no significance in my life other than i like the words wang dong and schlong <laughs> i like those words quite doesn't mean anything it has no relevance <laughs> how have i kept you know for many years my um, email account was monspubis at mac.com <laughs> because I just think monspubis is like the raddest term ever. I also like glans penis a lot too. Wait, what is the monspubis? Is that the monspubis was a, a city in Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> is that like the, the no? It's the like area vagina. like no. It's your pubic area that like the speed bump. It, it's sometimes called the like area. The what do they call it? The Venus something. There's another word for it. It's like the. That like area where your pubes are. That's called okay. the Mons pubis. Got it. Camel City population me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I get what we're talking about. Um, but I had to stop using it because people that I worked with were like, this is super unprofessional. You can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't do this bit. anymore. Because yeah. I'd be like, here's a script. I've implemented the notes from Saturday's meeting at monspubis.com. And people would, one person would always write me back and be like, come on, dude. Like, this is a network and you can't do this shit. So I stopped using it. Um, I like. I just like stupid things. How have I made it this far? Like, no, I, I mean, like getting popped by somebody. No, I just mean how has I don't know how has no one pressured you to change it or anything. We're just been like, oh, it's just a porn bot following. <laughs> <laughs> he's in. He's in show business. I guess <laughs> he's yeah, a producer. I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know, and he's not like. It's not your. By the way, it reminds me. My my dad used to have a computer. This is back in the eighties. Was remember these computers? They were Wang. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Go play on the Wang. Oh, it just, it never stop making me laugh. There was a, my first job out of college was for a pharmaceutical corporation, and they had a Wang graveyard. We would call it, <laughs> where when they upgraded all of their Wang computers, they didn't know what to do with them, and they had this, this big empty office building, so they just put them in a huge pile. And we would just go a pile of Wangs, a pile of Wang, <laughs> a complete Wang graveyard. Yeah. My friend's boss was named um, Hung. And he'd answer, <coughs> excuse me, hi, I'm hung. <laughs> okay. Lisa Watt says, Samantha is the cutest baby to ever be wrapped in a hamburger blanket. Just mirror everyone. Yes. 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 Thank you. Quinton says, it's always funny when he pees on himself. Poop is a different story. Hmm. He or she... Ha- oh, I was going to ask a question that is not anatomically appropriate of Samantha. Uh, but I, I've <laughs> seen like a bunch of my nephews and stuff do that thing where they're laying on their back and they shoot pee super far up in the air. Yes. And, it's, and it, I find that to be amusing. Yeah. That's funny. She'll pee when we're changing your diaper, but it's not as it exciting. It would be yeah. funny if they were lying on their stomach and the poop shot straight up in the air. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It would no. Funny. It would not be, be horrible. Be gross, but no. it'd be funny. No. How was your first poop? Not not yours, Al, but the baby's. How was your first encounter with the baby's poop? Well, we it, so they transferred you from labor and delivery into like the maternity ward, and we had been up for like thirty hours straight. You just have this baby. They roll you in. We're so tired. We lay down at like two in the morning, and like we fall instantly asleep. And at like two fifteen, she wakes up screaming her lungs out with the poopy diaper. And so we like both just like both get in there and try to like change this diaper deliriously half away. Although she pooped on me, 
Uh, oh, that's true. During our first skin to skin time after <laughs> delivery, like they handed her to you and she dumped they like yeah, a baby big out. time, <laughs> all over me. Yeah, they pulled There's the baby out and they put her right on Jenna's uh, chest. And then I, I lifted the blanket up and there was just crap everywhere. <laughs> and I just put the blanket right back down and was like, this is wonderful. Man. This is pretty great. And you hopped on your Harley and get out of there. <laughs> yeah, it was. Had you ever changed a diaper? I had. He had not. Yeah. He's getting yeah. better, faster. Yeah, you know what? Uh, instincts kicked right on in. And my whole thing of like, I don't like changing diapers. I hate it. It's gross. With my own child, it was like, no problem. Let's just go do this. And I... Just jumped right in. Yeah. Wasn't a, there it's was no really dry. Weird. I haven't dry heaved yet, but I will. It will happen. Will. Have, have you changed the diaper, Allison? I have, yes. You have? How was that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I used to babysit. It was weird when I asked you to do it. <laughs> but, you know, she's yeah, used to it now. It was bigger than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm wrong. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, so I used to babysit, so I okay. would change diapers a lot. Uh, I'm not really focusing on anything you're saying right now. I know. <laughs> And then I changed my nephew's diaper. Was it bigger than you expected? The, no, but he peed all over my bedspread. Yes, he did that. And and it was cute. <laughs> it wasn't that cute, actually. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> but it it was um, easy to clean up. So mm-hmm. there you go. Right. Okay. Where, let's see where we are. Melissa <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Tissom. Kegels or die is her handle says I will go to drastic measures not to think about the fact that when I was a baby I was inside another person's body Jurassic measures drastic (laughs) drastic it is weird to think about that yeah Mm -hmm. let me think about this one for a second I'm thinking about my mom and being inside of her I don't really think that's weird. I'm not really thinking about anything anyone's <laughs> saying anymore. We gotta, we gotta keep going. The next, what's the next one? Who is it? What happened? Jenny what Lynn there? says, love, <laughs> I mean, love having babies around, but hand them off quickly when it's time for a diaper change. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. That was us until, you know, two weeks ago. The funny thing is when I was holding Samantha, she spit up. And I remember I was like, uh, what to do? And I just handed her to you, Al, yeah. like, cause her parents will know what to do. And then I was like, you've been her parent for 12 hours. <laughs> no more better the funny thing is I'm just like, you guys know what to do here. You know? <laughs> Although true. I remember the nurse came in and was like, dad's got it covered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She appreciated the way you were like soothing, soothing yeah. her. But I would also say her. in response to that person, I think it might be like, I, I could hold your daughter for several hours. But if she pooped, wouldn't you think it was weird if I wanted to change her diaper? Wouldn't yes. you expect? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, that's I'd the, the like, parents do You don't that. have to do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's what you're expected to do mm-hmm. is to go, mom, dad, the baby pooped. Not to be like, oh, can I change the diaper, you guys, please? I think that's weird. <laughs> R. Van Bommel Bigney, that's a lot, a lot going on there, says, <laughs> I try and wait it out, but always give in and get, quote, fresh canvassed by my baby. She needs a new diaper for her artwork. Does that mean the baby poops while she's changing the diaper? Is that the same thing we're talking about? I don't know. I don't, I, that's uh, probably true. <laughs> like you put the new diaper under and then poof, and Oh, like, yeah. Man, I just put a new one under you. Yes. Jackson yeah. Pollock yeah. on huh, that maybe. shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. What happened to Daniel when you changed his diaper? Did he fresh canvas you? <laughs> no, but it's a good idea. He needed a new diaper for his artwork. <laughs> we should do this show one time in diapers. I'm just no, we shouldn't. That'd be super weird. What if we again? <laughs> no, come on. 
Oh my. Have you guys seen this commercial for It's from it's like a product similar to Depends. Yes. Yes. But the it, one where the woman parts the crowd and lifts up her pants and she's just standing there in her underwear? No. <laughs> You I haven't seen that one? I've seen it's, that one. No, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a crowded shot. It looks like it's in the Piazza de Novano or whatever in Rome. What's that place called? I was just going to say a crowded square. Yeah, a crowded know. square. <laughs> and the camera, like, she, like, walks towards the camera, and she's just, like, standing there in her underwear. She's, like, this sexy woman in a pencil skirt. And then you realize that, that she's wearing, like, pee underwear or whatever they are. And she's like, I'm normal. And then she walks away. That's the whole thing. It sounds great, Ooh. and it sounds empowering. No, and I like your use of pencil skirt. Thank you. Um, no, this is a commercial for a product that is like a tampon, and you insert it, and it's like it puts gentle pressure on the urethra, so you can, you know what? I, what yes, I just is? saw it. What is that? It's horrifying. Yes, I don't thank know. You, thank you. Yeah. What are you? Wh- it looks like a um, a badminton birdie that you put inside yourself or oh, something. A shuttlecock. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's a shuttlecock that puts gentle pressure on your urethra. Yes. I was a little bit horrified, too. Well, because I don't get it. Sounds uncomfortable. Who wants gentle pressure on their urethra? Someone who I... I don't know. It is, is it for is, people who can't pee? It's like no, no. Problems, right? It's for it's, people who yeah. pee all the time. Yeah. If you have gentle pressure on your, like, is the problem if you're peeing all the time? There's not enough pressure. It's on like your when you're urethra? you're a little boy and you have to pee, so you just pinch it. <laughs> it, <laughs> does, it does the pee pee dance for you. Yeah. I don't know. I need to. It, I I, I, was I want. I have a hundred questions about whatever that thing is. We'll, have to well, we all do because yes. we're female and it's for females. And right. I was like, I don't even know what that means. I yeah, don't get this. I don't, me neither. Yeah. But I wonder if there's people watching it who are like, oh, finally. <laughs> it's like a very targeted well, market, you know? You know, I think, yeah, you lose control of your your bladder. So it's probably a useful thing if it works, right? Well, yeah, we get what it's for. I'm just saying so, uh, I don't so. get anything how you wear it though like i don't get any of that you don't get the mechanics of it i don't know i need like it's like yeah i don't get it okay (laughs) and lastly jen says don't really understand where the phrase i slept like a baby comes from babies don't sleep it's pretty true oh yeah Yeah. those those people are liars (laughs) but when babies sleep they they sleep right like that's a thing. They don't stir. They just zonk. They no, zonk they're out. like they they're like noisy and they stir. Like she just makes noises all the time. How's mm. her sleep hygiene? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty bad. Yeah. yeah, she likes loud noises and <laughs> yeah. The sounds she was making that first day were so they're very cute. cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was squeaking when I was holding her. Yes. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. wee wee wee. She made the, she made that sound like. Uh, let's see if I can do it. It was like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she still does that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. If I didn't have good vision, I would definitely need to get a pair of Warby Parkers to make sure that I could see Samantha clearly. I did. That's right. You wear Warby Parkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure by this point everyone is familiar with Warby Parker because they're a phenomenal company and they make 
great frames that are super affordable and it's really easy to buy them online. Um, all glasses. So they, they are, there's, uh, prescription frames or sunglasses and all glasses include anti-reflective and anti-glare coating. There is no additional cost. All glasses include a hard case and cleaning cloth. There are no additional items you need to purchase. Warby Parker makes buying glasses online easy and risk-free. Their home try-on program uh, allows you to order five pairs of glasses to be shipped directly to your home, try them on, select your frames, and send them back with no obligation to purchase. For example, Daniel has Warby Parkers, and recently Wendy grabbed them and chewed them. Even Wendy loves them, so we got replacement Warby Parkers, but also decided to try some new frames with the home try-on program when you place an order for prescription glasses you will have them in your hands within 10 business days they usually arrive even faster than that for every pair sold warby parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need Um, and like i said they offer prescription polarized sunglasses for 150 bucks go to warbyparker.com slash best friend all one word so the best friend part is all one word as is the warbyparker.com part Warby Parker, W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R.com slash best friend to choose your five free home try-on frames. By visiting that URL, you will get free three-day shipping on your final frame choice. That's warbyparker.com slash best friend. Okay. Is there anything we've left out? Let's see. Baby. The baby? Thanksgiving. About the, the diaper thing. The Jenna, you did poop, right? I pooped during delivery. Okay. Jenna yeah. pooped during delivery. Yeah. Yeah. You, you feel okay happen. about it? At this, on, by that point, I, like I said, everyone had seen me naked already. Mm. So Might as well see your crap. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's what did I always say. Did you know you had or did they tell you? <laughs> I only knew that, well, I had kind or of. Or did your nose tell you? <laughs> <laughs> I had an idea that I had, but then the nurse confirmed that when she like gently wiped it away with a, like a cleaning pad. They basically put like a million of those dog pads under you. <laughs> and they just constantly, they're just spraying it down and taking it away. And they, they're like really, they're, I thought all things considered, they were pretty gracious. Like they don't say anything, they don't mention it, they're just like doing Well that would be awful if they yeah, said something. Like, they were like, whoa, what's the shit eat? that chick just took? <laughs> <Yeah>. Heavy! <laughs> they, if yeah. Especially if they were all surfers. Bring, the, bring the interns in here, check this out. What'd you eat? If that they were chick, all surfers. That chick clipped like. a hectic deuce right before she shoved it out. <laughs> Heavy. <laughs> See that baby? It was all deuced out. What's up with that thing? Weak. <laughs> They would never do that, though. Not at the hospital. That wouldn't mm. happen. Never One know. lady told me that I didn't need to make so much noise because it's not helping me like push the baby out. Nah. This one nurse, and I was like, you are terrible. That's <laughs> awful. Yeah, because it it's not helping. It's not helping to do that. This, there was one nurse that I was like, you can leave now. <laughs> but you're making noise. It's not hurting, right? So then it's fine. Yeah, they just said it's, it's like, not when you're, helpful. When you're in labor for that long, you should be able to do whatever you want. Right. But if it's helping you, then it's helping get the baby out. Right. That's what it f- you're the Thank one. you. Thank you, everyone. I appreciate it. I think Alan knew I was about to lose it with that nurse because I like looked over and looked at him like, what is her problem? And then he just was like, it's okay. 
It's like, just, okay. just grab your hairbrush it's and okay. squeeze it. Just grab <laughs> yeah. your hairbrush I kept trying to brush my hair in between contractions. Why? Because I knew it was a disaster and I was trying to like, <laughs> save it. Your hair? Yes. And it was impossible to you save at that point. You want the baby to see you but with, like, with messy hair. <laughs> I told him, please, please, please get my brush. He'd give it to me and then a contraction would start and I would like squeeze <laughs> the brush as hard as I could. And then I would be so exhausted I would fall asleep in between the contraction and never brush my hair. Let's talk about the real gal chat part of this yeah so i noticed you posted a photo on instagram at the beginning of it mm-hmm. uh, when you were headed to the hospital when you were at the hospital and i was like she looks so good and someone put on some makeup yeah. probably oh, for yeah. yeah but then i was like now 28 hours later is when the baby actually came out mm-hmm. how'd the makeup hold up i mean you looked good not great i looked I feel pretty like you looked pretty good thank you i did the filter helped Make me look a little brighter than I was feeling. Because usually um, after 28 hours, makeup is doing you no favors. Oh, yeah. Chunky's it was just weird. Things weird like my eyelashes are all uh-huh. like weird, stuck together and pointing in different directions, you know, and I was yeah. I was so tired. You cried. You sweated. You I mean, you did, you've gone through so yeah. much that it was like, I'm impressed whatever. you did it with makeup. I Thank can't you. even put on makeup for anything. It was certainly weird. not for having a baby. Yeah. No, the whole thing was crazy. Um, but I, makeup, I felt like, well, we're going to take a few photos. There's some pretty scary photos though. Like ones that the public doesn't, don't need to see. (laughs) He also took a picture of my placenta and all the afterbirth. It was, it's pretty graphic. Yeah. The whole cow's heart. Yeah. Yeah. That one's not for public. Was that uncomfortable coming out? No, that just kind of slid right out after the baby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of um, horrible things. After birth, like even now my body's not recovered and Mm -hmm. there's just like a lot of gross stuff that comes out of you for days. It's really, really gross. Like cow hearts, for example? Yeah. (laughs) Other balloons? Other things that you're like, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. It's like when it rains and you're near a storm drain and just all the different debris that's been in there. Muckety muck. Like branches and... Wait, what kind of things are we talking about? Like clots and stuff? Yeah, or just, just like Cow weird hearts. kind of <laughs> chunky nastiness. It's it's really unpleasant. That's actually, to me, one of the worst parts of this whole experience. Was All the this- stitches and the uh, stuff that comes out after. Well, see, I would think, and now we're getting into the delightful parts. I would. Does it hurt every time you pee because of the stitches? Uh, peeing is fine. Pooping is not pleasant. Mm-hmm. And oh, and you love pooping. I know it's been <laughs> oh, it's so been sad. really tough, really really tough. <laughs> Don't let I them take that away from you. I I'm just like hoping to heal quickly. But uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I find a lot of joy in pooping. Not right now, but someday, someday I can hope for that. Um, but the stitches just make you're just super uncomfortable and swollen and like I said it's that has been one of the toughest parts and laughing sneezing all those things like painful like everything every movement goes through that area of your mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. yeah yeah the first couple of days walking was even kind of like mm, questionable Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm super glad Samantha is with <laughs> us. Yes, thank you. Thank you to everybody. Thank you. It's been a great experience. A lot of positivity. I know a lot of people were like paying attention and just being so nice about it all. And it was amazing. Yeah, lots yeah. of people continually checking the feed for mm-hmm. updates. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, 
If you're going to buy something on Amazon, I already said this before, but I'll say it again. Click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. doesn't cost anything extra. helps out the show. Thank you for your Amazon support. Thank you so much for your PayPal support. PayPal links on the right side of the website. We have T-shirts. Go to the website. Uh, click on the T-shirt. It'll take you to the site where you can buy them. Uh, we have bonus episodes available, and we have ringtones available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And also... You can get these on gumroad.com slash Allison Rosen, G-U-M-R-O-A-D.com slash Allison Rosen. Also, the song that Greg made for the Al Quiz is there for a pay-what-you-wish price. Um, And the ringtones are also available on iTunes. Search Touch the Tushy or Hey Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. So... Go to iTunes, but if you're not an iTunes person, go to Gumroad. By the time you hear this, it is quite possible that the Bumbershoot episode that was the Thursday Gang plus special guest Sean Patton will be there. It is also quite possible that it will not be there yet, but it's going to be there very soon. I promise you. It'll be in Gumroad quickly. iTunes takes longer because uh, it just does, but um, that one is coming down the pike shortly. Um, if you're going to... Um, oh yeah bonus episodes <laughs> <laughs> good sound bonus episodes available uh, in the comedy album section of the iTunes store follow me on twitter at Allison Rosen show's twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F email us A-R-I-Y-M-B-F show at gmail.com subscribe itunes.com slash Allison Rosen Jeff where should we go for you you can find me at Colonel Jeff Fox on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and check out my podcast Barracuda Radio available at barracudaradio.com and where finer podcasts are found Daniel at Daniel Quantz, Q-U-A-N-T-Z. Alan? At Alan Moss, two A's, two L's, two S's on Jenna. Twitter and Instagram. Jenna? Uh, if you want more details about our full 28-hour experience, it was our 100th episode of Sorry Not Sorry. Check it out on iTunes or on my website, jennakimjones.com slash podcast and listen to it. And you can hear the delirium of one day after being home from the hospital trying to podcast. It was fun. Are you going to give uh, Samantha her own Instagram account? That's uh, a thing. People do it. That's a thing. Uh, probably, probably not. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Greg. <laughs> uh, what was the question? Where do we find you? Oh, at Dong Attack. Oh, and special announcement. Congratulations to friend of the show and friend of uh, ours, Mary Catherine Ham. Yeah, congratulations. And she had her yeah, daughter. Summer. Yes. So Super exciting. Cute. Gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous yeah. little baby girl. Um, so congratulations to her. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. 